Hello and welcome to The Transformative Principle. Today I am interviewing Bernardo Villar, the principal of VAE v -A -E -V -I -E -W Elementary. I hope you'll excuse my deep voice today as I've got a bit of a cold. This interview with Dr. Villar was pretty awesome. He's making some great strides at his school by establishing a culture of trust and responsibility with all of his teachers. Today you're going to learn about how to get teachers to ask for help, how to not be on the defensive, and many more great things from a principal who's truly making a difference. Again, this episode or this interview took about 45 minutes, so I'm breaking it up into two separate episodes. So this is part one of my interview with Bernardo Villar at Bayview Elementary. As always, I'd like to thank my sponsor for this episode, paperlessprincipal.com. Please go to that website, paperlessprincipal.com, to learn how you can clear out the clutter in your life and be a more efficient principal. First of all, do you want to tell me about Bayview Elementary and how long you've been here, what the demographics are, what, where your school is, all that kind of stuff? Okay. Let's start off. Um, I've only been here for a year and a half. I was transferred from another elementary school. Um, our other elementary school um, in the it had three years running or more of growth. And so as we, as, as, um, we looked at the growth, then we had to say, okay, what we're doing. And so then um, I had the opportunity to come here to Bayview Elementary, which is, was almost identical to the elementary school that I um, was previously. And I've always wanted to be at this school. Do not ask me why. I One day I walked through those doors, and I just knew this is where I needed to be. Wow. And so... Um, amazing opportunity to be here. Um, Bayview, again, um, social economic status is quite low within our area. We meet some challenges that we have. Um, our school, again, is, was considered a focus school, which, needed, which meant we needed to, uh, I guess, beef up our instruction and change the way we were looking at things. And so last year we just took on, we take on different pieces every year to look and see what we're looking at and what we need to do. As a group, we work together. One thing in this school is that we are all a team together. So um, one of the first things that we implemented last year in Bayview was making sure what we have is, um, at my last school we called it Power Success, and here we call it a Power Hour, mm -hmm. but... <clears throat> We have a sacred hour for each grade level, and those grade levels exchange students across the board. And so it's not just my students, but there are students, and that was one of the big changes that we did at our other school, which made a total difference because then there was a total buy-in of saying these are all of our kids, and these are not just my kids. So your students go from... From one teacher to another based mm -hmm. on what, right. what do you do to Like that? if we, during that power hour success, let's say we have an entire grade level, we have three first grades. So if we take those three first grades, those kids, are, every student's looked at. And so we progress monitor those children in different areas. It's just not in one area. But we, <coughs> we look at them and the teachers give their um, 
general instruction to all the students and all three teachers have to meet because we have our PLCs, which is um, our professional learning communities. They get together. And once they get together, they look and they ability group the students to see where we are and where we need to be with each level. And so if one teacher then is, um, then the students are, are across the board. A teacher will receive so many, another teacher will receive so many, another teacher will receive so many. So those then, we have tutors. So there are stations that students are constantly rotating, not constantly, but rotating every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so they are able to feel that success and go on to the next step. Because a long time ago, I heard or I learned that every time a child has a small success it le- and we acknowledge that small success, then they go on to another success. And so that's one of the things that we try to do, make sure that that child's being successful in his area. And once the child's successful, then they're going to be successful in the next area. And so we just keep pushing them, pushing them. The word this year for us is rigor. We have to have more rigor in what we do. And so if you ask any teacher right now, what is what what are you working on this year and the word would be rigor we are doing everything we can to make sure that we're pushing the envelope for every student at their level so that they could go on to the next step and so um as we do the same thing our kindergarten teachers we have full day kindergarten here instead of just a half day but in the afternoon those those students are again um changed into with different teachers and so they look at that and they say, our kindergarten students are at this at a higher level when they enter first grade. And then that first grade, instead of starting at first grade, they have to enter at a higher level mm-hmm. because the kids are already there. And one thing that we do is we have data meetings. And those data meetings, we go in like just now where you were here, we go in and we analyze that data. We look at all of the data. We look at where the children are in math, where the children are in science, where are those children in um, language arts. You take the sixth grade teachers. Today we had a data meeting with those sixth grade teachers. All the teachers here are phenomenal because one thing that we've learned is that we have to become better at our trade. We have to become better at our craft. We Everything is out in the open. Nothing is kept back. So today or yesterday when I met with my sixth grade teachers, um, they were able to look at it. And one teacher said, oh, my gosh, look how high your kids are in comprehension. That means we need to look at something. If your kids are coming that high in comprehension, that means that and my kids are doing this, then you're going to switch. You will be teaching comprehension and I'm going to switch and teach another area. So they look at their strong points and whatever it takes, we're not afraid to say we need help. We're not afraid to say that, you know, I'm lacking in this and this is where I need assistance. So that's a really important thing that we're not afraid to say we need help. Mm-hmm. How do you get teachers to to get to that point where they can not be afraid to okay. ask for help? What well, do you do for that? Okay, well, one of the things I think... Um, That is a hard step, but one of the steps when we first come in and where I first come in (coughs) is I let the teachers know we need to understand right now as we are not individual grade levels, we are a school that we need to survive and we need each other. We need each other's support. We need each other's help. So step number one is we all need to know now, right now, the only way we are going to succeed is with honesty and being up front with each other. So sometimes it's going to hurt 
But one of the things we have to realize that we're all going to be in the same boat. We're all going to work towards together a goal. And that's our ultimate thing is that it's not. And, and I as administrator, I as administrator need you guys just as much as we need each other. I need your support to say, oh, you know, Mr. VR, you're not doing this right. Or this is not happening. Or we need. And so just I need that just as much as you do. And one of the things we have to learn as an administrator for me, one of the things I make sure and I concentrate on is making sure that I am never on the defense with my staff. Because whatever we model and whatever we portray, that's what's going to happen. And so that is one of my things of every day, noting and acknowledging all of the positive Mm -hmm. and doing all the celebrations that come along with that. And then going through and saying, okay, we celebrated this, but now we want to celebrate this. And so first, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard, but I think if you model it correctly and if you give the support that you need to give and let them know you're not here to hurt them or you're not here to criticize them, you know, we all need that constructive criticism so that we could grow. And that was, that's the main thing is making sure that they understand this is not to knock anyone down. This is to help us all grow so that we can make our kids grow. That's really great. And I love how you talked about not being on the defensive mm-hmm. as an administrator. Can you give a couple of examples where it would have been easier for you to be on the defensive. One thing I've noticed um, working, I worked in the district office for a while and now Mm. I'm an assistant principal, is that it's easy for administrators to feel like the buck stops here. So it's it's all on me and it's easy to take that personally and start being defensive. How do you prevent yourself from being defensive and maybe share a couple examples of of times where you could have been and you weren't? Okay, I'm trying to think of where I could have been defensive, but one of the things that I I come out of in in in, in this whole process of making sure is that I go to the teachers for help is one of the main things that I do. I am not afraid to come out and say, "Okay, Mrs. so and so, I need your help in this area. I need you to assist me in getting this correct." I will go to another teacher because I know they have different strong points. What are your views? What do you think? Um, another part is um, I go in, I make, sh- I make sure that everybody feels like they're the part of everything and that everybody's informed. I think that's one of the most important things of communication and is making sure so that, so that they know that, that this door is always open. So mm-hmm. that they know that they could come in and share with me. Things like on the defense, um, possibly, okay, let's take one instance that where um, I felt like I was being um, sensitive to the needs of the staff. There were certain things that were happening. So I was always trying to make them feel successful. But then I got a, um, a some feedback saying, you know, you, you're not sensitive to the staff's needs. Mm-hmm. And I could very well easily said, okay, what am I not sensitive about? I'm making sure that I do this for them. I do this for them. I support them in this. That could very well could have said, and I, instead of saying, okay, what is, you know, I could have been on the defense that says, fine, I'm not giving you anything anymore. I'm not going to help you anymore. I'm done with this. I've broken my back trying to help you, and now this is how you repay me. Instead of that, I look at it and I say, what am I not being sensitive in? I, 
I totally, and I bring that up right there in a big faculty meeting and say, this is what I heard. I am not being sensitive to the needs of all the staff. Will someone please help me? Because that's one thing I need to work on, and that's one thing I need to grow in. So please let me know how I'm doing. And so from what the understanding was is that um, it wasn't the teachers that felt I wasn't being sensitive. It was our support staff because um, I had I, – I didn't realize that it was so – I bought all the teachers a polo shirt mm-hmm. and I bought the support staff a t-shirt and I was just trying to, you know, but the the support staff that, that felt that was very insensitive. So it was a good thing for me to look at and I look at that all the time now. If I'm going to do this for a teacher, if I'm going to do this for a support mm-hmm. staff, what things do I need to look at? And so for me, that was a growing experience in the same thing. I still have to bring in teachers and say, this is what I'm thinking of giving the teachers. And I might bring some support staff in and say, this is what I think I'm giving to the support staff. What do you guys think about this whole thing? Mm-hmm. And so it's become – it was a good learning experience for me. Yeah, and, and that also shows an incredible amount of humility and respect for the idea that you spoke about earlier that we're all a team. And for you to be vulnerable like that, um, I'm sure went a long way. As I mentioned to you, one of the things your teacher said was that you um, are really good at finding the positive and celebrating the successes of teachers with them. And that if they make a mistake, you don't hold it against them. You say, well, tomorrow's another day or there's something we can do this better next time. And you don't ever make it seem like, like they've done something horribly wrong. They just made a mistake or didn't meet your expectations, but tomorrow's a new day to try that. And I think you showed that yourself um, when they had an opportunity to give you some feedback, which I think is very admirable. So that's really great. Um, So what are, um, let's go back to the data meetings a little bit. And what Mm -hmm. are some of the things that you, um, that you uh, have done to make those, be smoother, make the teachers focus more on increasing their rigor and do better? What are some of the strategies you've used to get the teachers to buy in to that um, that idea? Well, I think the one thing like we had talked before is that we had talked first, um, it, it's all in steps because it doesn't seem like it just could all of a sudden happen overnight. And that's one of the challenges. But like we take different steps and we look at things. And so my first step is making sure that the teachers understand that I'm I'm there as a support, as well as the administration were a support. If we have other support staff, that there is a support for them. So I think that's the first step because you have to really work on that and making sure that you're the support for them, that you are not there just to criticize and condemn what is happening. And so it's really... <coughs> It's really important to say, okay, let's – but as as it's gone on, now our data meeting teams have changed. The first, the first meetings are we get to know about the data. We get to know and say this is what happened last year with your class. This is how your class is looking this year. This – let's go ahead and let's start looking at that data. So our first data teams are looking at the data that they bring in, things that they have done. Okay. I see that you have these four children that are in the red that are having very struggles. What type of interventions have you done? And so we look at those interventions that we say, oh, okay, this isn't working. We've got to do something to help you. It's not us 
saying figure something out. It's like let's look at it and see what are we going to do to help you now. We have a reading coach. We have a math coach. We have people that specialize in these that are certified. So they're going to now step in and like just a data meeting that we just was having that I wish you could have seen part of that. Um, the the reading coach, we looked at some things that need to happen in the classroom. So there is a PLC meeting set up quickly for next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, those teachers are going to go in and with the coach and say, okay, let's break this down. Let's look at these kids. Let's break down and see what we're doing and, and let's look for patterns. Let's see what's happening. So they look at the patterns, see what's happening in those, for those students in language arts. Another group might be saying, okay, we're looking at science right now. There's an issue. There's a concern. We need to break this down. And actually, in this last group, we had a little concern with science. So we're saying, okay, what are you doing for science? We've tried to implement certain things for science because it's a, it's an important piece. And so as we look at this piece, we say, okay, this is a step that we forgot. So now we have to start working on this step for this grade level. So it's – I guess the data meetings all relate to the individual grade levels and how what we can do to support them, to be there for them, to make sure that they're successful. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the culture of your school, the feel mm -hmm. of your school. You said when you walked in these doors one day, you knew you wanted to be here. Um, what what do you see as an essential part of your school that would make all the students want to be here as well? And how do you cultivate that? Okay, what we do is one of the things is to make sure everybody feels good and safe at the school. And so one of the first steps that we have to look at is the environment that the school is. And a, minute, a lot of people say, well, aesthetics really doesn't matter or the, how you walk into a building. And, and so, no, I'm sorry, that truly makes a difference on how the building is looked at from the outside. So when our kids come into this school, it has to look nice. It has to look good. And yeah, I had to go bang on a few doors and I had to ask and beg to get some nice things that look out front. That's one of the first things is when those parents and those kids come into this school, they need to understand and realize they are the most important. Everything revolves around them. And so by the first thing is the aesthetics of the school, making sure the environment looks good, making sure everything is up to par. And those kids, when they enter that building, that's number one step. That's number one step is making sure that they feel that comfort as soon as they walk into the building. The next part is making sure that every person is greeted all the time. That there's not a lapse of somebody standing in line. If the out front office is busy, there is, you can hear, make sure that there's administrator out there, whomever's out there, every staff member is instructed to make sure that they greet everyone. And our words are always, can I help you? Mm -hmm. We have somebody walking through the halls. The first thing they have to do is, can I help you? There was a survey once done, and it was done by... Um, some Weber State students. Mm -hmm. They came through our schools to try to find out what they were doing, um, how schools engaged people. Um, when when they had finished the study, they had realized that our school was one of the schools, the schools that I was the is the principal as. Um, they said within just within the doors, they walked in, someone greeted them. How can I help you? 
right away as they walked into the office, hi, how can I help you? What are you doing? Right away, some students walked through the hall to see if they were, right away they were greeted by other staff members and escorted to the office to see if they could be assisted. So that's really important is to make sure that all the staff members know we're on the lookout for everybody that enters this building and we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, but we want to make sure that they know that their kids are safe. And that's one of the things the parents feel really good about is making say, oh, it didn't matter you stopped me. It didn't matter that you asked for my ID because I know you're taking care of my child. Right. So so I, I think that's interesting how the last thing you said about all that is making sure that the kids are safe and you're asking for ID. Those things that we need to do in the world that we live in with the um, threat of violence in schools mm-hmm. that what's more important to you is make sure the kids know that they um, that they are important here and that every other adult knows that somebody's looking to help them and and switching those around instead of saying we need to keep our kids safe and who are you and where's your badge you're saying how can I help you and and then making sure that you're you're doing that so that everybody knows the kids here are safe. I think that's a really important um, rephrasing of that uh, current problem. Um, Well, another aspect is that all of our kids are greeted in the morning. Um, We try to make sure they have a safe place to go in the morning. We open up our gym. Mm -hmm. If not, we have supervision on the playground. So we make sure that the kids upon arriving are greeted and make sure that they're safe. Um, Also, all of our kids are escorted out at the end of the day. So all of the kids are are escorted out to the flagpole. Mm -hmm. So all the parents know that they're able to pick up their kids at the flagpole. And every staff member, if you come here... When the bell rings at 325, you will find every staff member outside making sure those kids are being watched over mm-hmm. until someone picks them up. That's great. So how was that in place before you got here or no. was that something you implemented? That's something I implemented and, at and each how, school that I go to. And how did you get that to happen? That's something that our schools recently implemented and mm-hmm. we, we have very good participation. Our staff is wonderful. But not everybody makes it out to the flagpole, and that's the ideal for us as well. Mm-hmm. So what did you do to ensure that that is happening? Each, All of the students are assigned to come out to the flagpole no matter what. But what is what it is, each teacher is assigned. And I know this is a hard part, but as administrators, we are out there and we walk and see what is happening if we have a uh, we were let's say a teacher is slow and we and then i'm noticing that this teacher has not come out we're a smaller school we only have you know 23 staff members mm-hmm. but i know every staff member i walk through the area oh this teacher hasn't made it out yet let me go see what's the issue mm-hmm. is there an issue with a parent is there an issue with a with a student so i walk in i say okay this is what the issue was then the next day it's taken care of so Okay. And it doesn't sound like you need to be heavy-handed or Mm-mm. rude or No, I just do this? Uh, I'm just like is there something I could help you with? Why didn't you make it out today? Was there a problem? Is there something that needed to be done? Mm-hmm. Um sometimes teachers know, I'm sorry, I was just delayed this time. Um sometimes it it is a parent, you know, Mr. VR, I was meeting with a parent, so gotcha. And I think what what I'm getting is that you don't have to um you don't have to have a heavy hand when your approach is, can I help you? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're teaching the staff, the support staff, the teachers, and that's what you're modeling yourself, mm-hmm. as you said before. So that's 
That's really great. Um, when you uh, when you greet the students each day, what does what does that look like? You said every student is greeted. Every student, the teachers go outside. The students are lined up, and each teacher will go by and do different grade levels. Um, and they say goodbye to them as they're going out. If they walk them outside, and they um, take fourth grade. I have one teacher that just gives the. It's called a fist bump. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the high fives. The students in the morning are greeted with high fives. I go out and I greet the students. I greet the parents. Um, We do have 60% of our culture is Latino. Mm -hmm. And so um, I go out and I greet the parents in in two languages. I greet the kids in two languages. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's an important piece is to make sure that they all feel comfortable when they're coming into the school. That was a great introduction to some of the great things that Dr. VR is doing at Bayview Elementary in Layton, Utah. Make sure you tune in next week for the second part of his interview where he talks more about building that sustainable culture at a school that helps teachers and students improve. <laughs>